Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? This is Biddy from DGB. I'm here to put y'all up on game about Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a quick rundown. Now, basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Now, here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. So no matter what your setup is, you can start creating today. That means you can't make no excuses about you got to go on Amazon, get this microphone, get this certain camera. I need this and that. No, you can go right on Anchor, record today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify and any other places where you uh, listen to podcasts. Um, You can do that with a single tap. It's easy. Just record, click. Anchor is also the only place where you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. Now, with Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. All you got to do is go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what's your excuse, man? Get started. Like, now. It's your boy DJ Ace, man. The real DJ Ace. Worldwide Ace. Hood Rich Ace. South Top Dog DJ Ace. I'm jumping off the porch right now. You did what I'm talking about. Chill! All right, so we got DJ Ace off the porch with us today. How you feeling today, bro? Feeling good, man. Feeling good now that I'm off this porch, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, I appreciate you coming by today, man. Yeah, I appreciate y'all, man. Definitely, definitely. No problem, man. Yeah, we got a lot to get into, man. So let's start at the beginning, man. How how did you get into DJing? Well, I got into DJing, man. My mom and my dad had their own band back when I was younger. So my dad used to take, and I had an older brother. So I used to play football and, you know, in, in high school at Cedar Grove, I was a star football player. So, but at the same time, while I'm playing football, my dad's band would be playing in a, you know, different hotels and, you know, downtown. So I learned how to do the sound and all that. Going from there, I'm in about the 10th grade. They started wanting people to DJ the basketball games. So after a football game, I would turn around and take my dad's speakers, get $25, $50 a game, and just DJ the basketball games. Okay. You know what I mean? So from there, people started wanting house parties. So I'm okay, okay, I can do the house party. I wasn't thinking on getting big about it, so I started doing all the house parties on the east side. So after the football game, we're going to play the big games, and then everybody, you know, trying to go to the parties. Parties start like 11, 12 back then. So we'll do all the house parties, and um, after a while, the, the, the house parties started turning into fights and shootings. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh man, the house parties ain't it. So then my little cousin, man, he got three life plus 25 years. Free my little cousin, man. We started taking like 
little records to diff, different little, different little clubs, just trying to get in. I think I was like 16, he was like 15. We would go around, he would be the host and I would be the DJ. This is why we in high school. You know what I mean? The high school parties keep getting shot up. So we're trying to make it bigger. So we took it around to different bowling alleys, just different places, man. Just trying to actually get our foot in the door. $50 a little, let him host. He take 25, I take 25. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then from there, kind of my mom moved, my mom and dad split up. Mom moved to Clayton County back in like 90, 94 or something like that. So I came to Clayton County, you know, with my mom and my dad back and forth. And I saw Clayton County just didn't have Southside, basically. They, they were, it was a party city, but it wasn't like the East Side. Hmm. It wasn't just artists. I done saw Mystical out there when I was younger. I'm 13 years old in the club. I'm watching Mystical, Master P. I'm like, dang. So we get to Clayton County, man. I don't see too much going on. And I met these guys, uh, Buccalino Entertainment, um, Ellenwood and Judd Lake, just big neighborhoods out there in Clayton County. So we start throwing house parties out that way. Same thing, you know, okay? So we get through with the football game, we throw the house parties. Now the house parties are just getting, they ain't, they, they ain't big enough. So we're trying to find something bigger, man. And <laughs> my brother ended up being, being with uh, like Raheem, the Dream, Kids and Rock, uh, Player Poncho. Sammy Sam, my brother was one of the dancers back then, cranking, you know what I'm saying? So Batman and uh, Kids of Rock saw, I, I used to watch Kids of Rock on, on how he DJed. I used to watch everything you do, him, Hershey, DJ Jelly. I used to watch on how one person could make a thousand or two thousand people go crazy. I really wanted to rap, but I could never rap. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, man, I'm, I'm, I'm watching Killer Rock and Raheem and them rock crowds and I couldn't do it. So I found my way in the DJ, man, moved to Clayton County. The house parties wasn't big enough no more. So we had to go, I mean, when, you know, wasn't big enough for the crowds, so we had to go bigger. Kids of Rock started getting skate rings out there in Clayton County. And he would bring all his celebrity friends like Yin Yang Twins and Sammy Sam and, you know, all them to the skate ring and me being uh, upcoming DJ, I was his DJ. So I used to go around and say, you know, I'm, I DJ for Kids of Rock, you know, trying to put my name on, I DJ for Kids of Rock. They used to tell me, how you DJ for a devil DJ? And I'd be like, hey man, I DJ for Kids of Rock, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, uh, but he was throwing all the concerts, man, and we would go run up our own flyers at the, at the rent office. We would go draw, but we would go draw up the flyers. Me, my cousin, Slick Marvin, we would draw up the flyers, go run off at the rent office, get get up in the morning, go to the schools, take the flyers in the schools. Literally, like we 18 years old, going in the schools, taking the flyers in the school. You know what I mean? I don't care where it's at. I don't care what school it was at. We taking the flyers everywhere. So, but I was working for the kids that doing his thing. Till I sat back and realized. It's my daddy's speakers, it's my flyers. I'm getting up in the morning and promoting it. I said, I want to try this myself. You know what I mean? So I mean, my partner got up one day and uh, went and found a skate ring in Forest Park. I didn't know nothing about throwing concerts. I didn't know nothing about just, all I knew was playing music, pulling the crowd. Okay, I'm just a young high school nigga. Just try to high school, pulling the crowd, DJing. And the first artist I booked was Thug Nation. 
So I didn't know nothing about booking. I didn't know you had to, you actually had to call the artist and say, hey, man, I want to book you and do the deposit. <laughs> Bro, I didn't know this, man. You just man. put them on the flyer? I just put them on the flyer. <laughs> so put the nation on the flyer, man. And mind you, I'm young, man. I don't know what's going on. I'm just trying to get some money, trying to do my own thing. And Turbo from Thug Nation called me. He said, hey, did Turbo from Thug Nation. I said, what's up, boy? He said, man, you got us on the fly for a concert. I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah, that motherfucker gonna be stupid. He said, no, nah, bro, you supposed to pay up for that. I was like, pay you what? He was like, bro, three or four, you got about a thousand apiece. I was like, bro, I ain't got no thousand apiece to be paying y'all, man. But y'all can come to the show next week, you know what I'm saying? We can see how it go. He was like, no, nah, dog, that ain't how business go. So I learned real fast that, that I'm, I'm tripping like hell, man, but you know, I'm in Clayton County. I feel like with shit, bro. How about this? Y'all just come, and if I can make the money, I'll pay you. He was 100. He said, bro, you know what? I'm gonna do, he said, I'm gonna do this for you. And they were huge back then. They were getting money. They were getting big show money. So he came through, he did the show for me. That was, mind you, though, my first show I ever did by myself. Big show and a big skate ring. Mm -hmm. It was so packed, man. When he walked in the door, I paid him. And when he left, I went ahead and paid him. And I said, hey, can I bring y'all back the very next week? He was like, you know what, yeah, and I paid him all his money right then and there for the very next show. My, that was my first show I ever did. My yeah. second show was Pastor Troy when it first came out with No More Play in GA. Nobody had ever done this, man. I'm the first one to bring the nation to Clayton County to the South Side. Now I got Pastor Troy. I didn't know who I was calling. I didn't know I was calling somebody with his camp, man. He was talking fast to me. You know what I mean? He was getting money too, man. But I took a chance. I didn't know if it was gonna work or not, man. Mind you, it was it was in December. It was snowing. The schools was closed. They was on break, but the streets was iced up. Called Pastor Troy, man. He told me twenty five hundred. He was getting like five, ten thousand for a show. It was for a high school show. And they say, okay, give me twenty five hundred. Bet. It's iced up, it's snowing. I didn't think he was gonna show up, man. Patrick Troy showed up and everything. Did the show for me. Came with a uh, with a big Keith who okay. who with him to this day. Came out there with him, man. And that was my second show. And from then, boy, it's just been uphill, <laughs> rock and roll, man. Yeah. Yeah. So how'd you link up with Gucci and become his official DJ? Well, actually, I've been knowing Gucci since elementary school, man. Gucci know the first girl I ever had sex with. The girl I lost my virginity <laughs> to back in the sixth, seventh grade, man. Then she dumped me for a guy with the same name I got. You know what I mean? Yeah, Gucci know all that. He know me from, uh, you know, back in the MC Hammer day when I was young, he know me from wearing hammer pants. So okay, the skits. Yeah, he tell people, man. Yeah, yeah, A.B. wearing, wearing them hammer pants. You know what I mean? But I've been knowing Gucci since like, Third, fourth grade, man. You know what I mean? You know, Gucci was in the streets. I played football. I was writing in the county and writing in the state when I was playing football in rushing yard. I was a short quarterback, though. And Gucci was in the street. You know what I mean? You know, Gucci was getting his money. But Gucci ended up going to college and everything. I didn't. You know what I mean? But I've been knowing him since elementary, high school. I think I think with Cedar Grove for a minute, then he had he got he got kicked out of Cedar Grove where we was at. Then he had to go to McNair, McNair High School, and that's where my brother and my cousin and all them went to McNair. You know what I'm saying? So now the situation where he over there with all my family. Hmm. So then uh, 
one day I was playing Black T. I had seen Gucci at uh, Club 112 downtown. This no, this this is the one in Buckhead. My boy DJ Foreplay was throwing the event, and I seen Gucci, and he was like, he said my name, my real name. I ain't gonna say my real name. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, boy, what's up, boy? He was like, boy, what's up, boy? What you doing? I'm like, well, I'm DJing. Actually, I was running the sound for this show. My dad, I had my daddy's sound system, cause the, the guy DJ Foreplay, he rented my daddy's sound system. So at this point, we had brought this was Gucci first time seeing me in since high school. But I came with this big sound system, and he was like, oh, he was like, man, what you doing here? I was like, man, I'm I'm DJing and I'm bringing the sound system. I said, what you doing here? Like, boy, I'm performing. What you talking about, boy? What I'm doing? I don't like, boy, I didn't know you were rapping. But the Black T song, boy, that me. I'm like, yeah, I knew that, but I didn't know you were rapping, rapping. Like, I just thought you got me, just had a goddamn song. He said, boy, you tripping. Boy, I'm getting your number and everything. So I got a number and everything. Mind you, I ain't seen Gucci since elementary school. So now I'm booking Gucci everywhere. Everywhere. Old National. I don't care where it's at. He got this Black T song that's going crazy. And I'm the only guy out here on the South Side throwing concerts. There's nobody else throwing concerts on the South Side. I'm talking about, I don't care where it's at, from the West Side to the East Side. They you have a promoter come in every night and throw something. I'm throwing them all the time. And then I got this guy with his black T song. While I got him with the black T song, I got the throwback boys with the yup in my throwback. I got them because of the uh, CEO, the CEO for Mother Maker Records, they signed to him. They paying me for their promo. It just so happened the guy with the uh, with the um, oh franchise boy with the white tee, mm-hmm. they're my partners. So now I'm like, boy, I got some. So they got this big old high school spot called the Rusty Roost Country Spot. It was really a white folks spot. I turned into an all black folks spot. You know what I mean? <laughs> but. They were huge. They, they used to do big country shows, live band like Garth Brooks and all that. That's how big the stage was. And I would bring Gucci, the Yup in my throwback, franchise boy with the white tee. You know, it, it wasn't never no fighting beef. It was just the who got the hottest song type situation. You know what I mean? So you can say I broke all that on the South Side. That's what they say. They, you know, they look at me like, well, AB breaking everything on the South Side. So. I'm blowing up the black tea, blowing up the black tea. Gucci gets, Gucci come to me one day. He said, hey, boy, you don't know nothing about my song So Ice. I'm like, uh-huh. He's like, boy, you tripping. Come to my show next week, dog. I, I, I got a show next week. Downtown, I think it was at the Velvet Room with Trina. Trina was an all-white party, Jeezy, Gucci, Trina. So shout out to my boy Trey, Money Row, Tricky Dollar. He bring me Gucci's song one day. Gucci don't know this. This before the show. I'm DJing at this club that I DJed at. Trey say, boy, I need you to play this song that Gucci got bought with Jeezy, Young Jeezy. I ain't know who the hell Jeezy was at this time. <laughs> I need you to play this song. So I played it. I said, man, this is some R&B shit. <laughs> I'm listening to it. Listen to Jesus, I'm like, that's your heart, but that's some R&B shit. So I only played Jesus' verse, and I turned it off. You know, if the song ain't what you want to hear, you turn it on and play to something else. I literally only played some of Jesus' verse, but it was, I felt like it was R&B at the time. 
You know what I mean? My first time hearing it, the club packed like hell. I'm in my mix. My boy Trigger Dollar, who I got more respect for. He come say, play this song. I got to play it. Play that shit. I turn it off. When I turned it off, Trigger looked at me. He said, bro, you ain't even like that shit, did you? I said, I did, bro. I said, I said, I did. He probably don't remember this shit. He said, no, you didn't. Man, get my CD, dog. And so <laughs> he took the CD back. <laughs> that shit was crazy. He took the CD back. He said, man, he crazy hell. He said, boy, that Gucci and Jeezy. I said, dog, I'll listen to it later. I said, all right. So a couple of days later, Gucci got the show, the Velvet Room. All white. I think it was the Velvet Room. I know it was right there across the street from where Vision was. So I'm in the club. Everybody got on all white. You know what I'm saying? Playing everything, playing all the music. But Gucci said, watch this. Boy, this song come on. Gucci Mane the fly, but a whole entire club went crazy. Trina went crazy. CTE went crazy. BMF in the building, they went crazy. They start throwing money. Everybody start popping bottles, and I'm just sitting there like, whoa, boy, this is crazy. He said that, you know what I mean? I'm, just, I'm getting chills right now even thinking about it, man. It was crazy. So after, after, after the whole show was over, he said, I told you, dog, I ain't doing that black T-shirt no more. He said, I got something else. I'm in a whole nother lane. I said, bro, I'm with you. I said, that shit, that shit hard. I ain't know I was say that first, but I went, I was like, damn, my partner brought me that song. And I was like, boy, some R&B shit, but I ain't know what that be. But I did not know that. This at the time, nobody on the South Side knows who Gucci is. They know him from Black T. Nobody from Old National, Camerton Road, all that. Everybody know Black T. Don't nobody know over here, know nothing about Icy. You feel me? So when I saw that, and um, at the time, like I said, I came from Raheena Dream, Kids of Rock, you know, watching shows from when I was a kid. All I'm thinking is a concert with just him. I ain't thinking him and Jesus. I'm just thinking him. So I'm like, damn. So I got a club over here I DJ at. It was called J. Paul, Terra Boulevard. It was an all-white club. So I, I got a white auntie. I ain't gonna, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love him to death, but I flipped the script. I brought the hood in there, okay? When I started bringing all these rappers and stuff in there, I brought the hood in there. So I was DJing, and I started bringing Gucci in now. Gucci would just show up for me. You know, it was like more family than business. So he would just show up for me. So I would just go booking him wherever. To, uh, my daddy was doing live band sound at this spot called 20 Grand Concert Hall. Everybody in Atlanta know 20 Grand Concert Hall that was in that club. They had a, it was a two-side club, warehouse four times bigger than this. That side was a live band side. The other side was a concert hall side. And I sat back one day like, it's empty in here. Mind you, I did the same thing with the high school. It's empty in here, man. I was like, man, I could throw a big concert. My daddy got his own sound system. I could bring Gucci in here. I know they're gonna give me the whole dope just because of my daddy. I ain't gotta pay none of them nothing. <laughs> so I'm sitting back, man, I'm thinking about it. And then I got the throwback boys. Same thing I did for the high school. I'm finna go do this for these grown folk. You know what I mean? So I get the spot, I throw Gucci. Kaya, she was hot back then. I did Gucci, 
God, it never, this ain't never been done before now. Okay? I'm just a young nigga, just, I ain't know nothing about my, running my own business or nothing. I'm just out having fun with doing promotion. Because Gucci, my boy, I'm in the street. I rock with all the artists. So I did Gucci, Kyle, I forget, and Pastor Troy. What's up? <laughs> yep. I already have Pastor Troy in my back pocket. You know what I mean? And paid all of them. I didn't ask for nothing for free. When he got an investor, man, shout out to my boy Ricky D. And, uh, you know, I was a young cat. He came to me when I was like 16, 17, and just saw what I was doing and invested in some of my high school parties. He made good money over here to a point to where when it went bigger, he stayed. I can call him right now and say I need 50000 to throw a concert. I just talked to him like a couple of weeks ago, like I want to throw something big, big. I ain't got to spend my money. I learned that from old school people. You ain't got to spend your money. Spend them investing money because they want to invest their money. So when the guy here and I did Gucci, Kaya, and Pastor Troy together, that was one of the biggest shows to ever hit the South Side because you had three major artists on one stage versus going to see one major artist on one stage. I flipped the script on them. You feel me? Did all the promo myself. Every last bit of got my own street team. We did all the put posters up, all that radio and everything. All I needed was the check from my investor. Yeah. I sat back and I said, man, we did. I think we spent like we spent like twenty thousand and made sixty. Oh shit. So cool. I said, okay, bet if I did that, I ain't but like twenty some years old. Let me try Gucci and Jeezy. Okay. Mind you, this has never been done before. Gucci and Jeezy got the biggest song in Atlanta right now. To this day, I'm the only DJ in history to ever do a concert with Gucci and Jeezy together. To this day, besides the verses. That's it. And you, that's something you probably will, I, don't want, I ain't going to say never see again, but it's going to take a long time to my dad over that. So I sat back and I said, man, what to my partner? I said, what you think about doing Gucci and Jeezy together? He said, man, if you can pull that off. I said, I can't, but Gucci can. We pay Gucci and then get Gucci and then get Jeezy, whatever, whatever you want. Mind you, at this time, Gucci wouldn't get no show money. He was getting like a thousand, fifteen hundred. You know what I mean? I'm just just booking him that little shit. This show. And we gave Gucci like 35, because he, he started getting like 2,500, because I was looking at them in country towns. I wasn't, it wasn't big, it wasn't big for him yet. The song was like just now popping off. So you know when a song like just a rolling and your show just be like 2,500? That's all we were doing. So I think, if I ain't mistaken, we gave, GZ 30, we gave Gucci the 35 or 4,500 for that show. So then we had to get Jeezy. Gucci asked Jeezy. Jeezy said he wanted like, no. Gucci didn't ask him. Ricky D asked him. They tried to get Coach K now. This one Coach K had him. They wanted like 15,000. <laughs> Ricky D was like, no, nah, man. Hell no. Uh -uh. Jeezy ain't got no hits out right now. You feel me? It's it just going off icy, but Jeezy had the name. Gucci had the music right then. As far as the song, Jesus had the name. So then we got Jesus down to about 10. Got down to about 10. Bit. Show go down. Concert go great. Packed like hell. CTE in the building. 
Same self in the building. LaFleur Entertainment, everybody's in the building. At the end of the show, we are in the hood, okay? I'm driving Gucci van around. We're in the hood, man. The dumbass park, the, excuse me, the, 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 the parking lot people tells Jeezy people to park in the back of the club. I'm not from Old National, okay? I just throw concerts over there. So I don't know, I just come in to get this club, operate a big show and go home. They tell Jeezy, Jeezy got like 15, 20 cars with him. Mind you, this is the first concert to ever, since that all white party that you have ever seen Jeezy and Gucci on the show together. I'm gonna get that DVD too. They tell all Jeezy and them cars to park in the back. All their cars get broke into. That's it. <laughs> like 15, 20 cars. They got, the, if I ain't mistaken, they got all their guns and they got the uh, the back end. And I don't know about the front end, whatever, but I know they got the back, it's, it's, they got the back end and all their guns. I find out at the end of the night, lights turned on and everything. Gucci and them gone, ain't nobody there but my security, my daddy, because it's my daddy's sound system. My daddy, my daddy's sound system, all Jesus security, Jeezy, and them nigga come back in the door, hands on the hip, hands on the way. Jesus walk fast to hell, they surround me like them chairs here, and I'm licking. Oh shit, boy, what's going on? On the phone, boy, what's up? Why our car get broken too? They thinking I got something to do well. They thinking Gucci got something to do with it. Okay, Gucci ain't from here. Gucci from the east side. But they thinking Gucci got something to do with the situation. Me being with Gucci, they thinking I got something to do with it. Mind you, I'm just on a concert. They surround the shit out of me, man. My daddy actually see this. My daddy keep a revolver on him. My daddy actually see this. He come in the middle of the circle. And he asked me what's going on. They spread it out though. They're not closed in on them. They they spread it out. They're not, you know what I mean? I said, somebody stole their guns and their money and they think I did it. My security over here, they walk up. So I only got like five of my security, 20 grand security still. It ain't no big commotion, but they spread it out, seeing what's going on. Jesus and them got me around. In the end, they end up calling it. It is what it is. You know what I mean? But it was a real tense moment. Me, my daddy sitting there with a 38 revolver. All these niggas are sitting here. You know what I mean? Like, God damn. I got Gucci van sitting out there right in the front. I got to drive the van off. I don't know what to think. You know what I mean? So, but they end up calling it, man. And that didn't do nothing but amp up the beef. You think that's what kind of started it? Big, yeah. That's what started a lot of it. Because Jesus and them felt like they were set up. We paid them. Mind you, I'm with Gucci. We paid them. We brought them to the show. Now, it was squats because Rick went back on the road with them and started doing tours with them for years. I'm talking about getting like five, six tour buses on the road for them. They on the road. My partner DJ Wiz is one of the DJs. Shout out to my boy DJ Wiz. He one of the DJs. So they got like two, three tour buses sometimes. He'll call me, hey man, I just set up a 50 show tour with, with Jesus. So they got that squad. But at the time, that wasn't the time to where that didn't that didn't start the beef. But it 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 put fire 
on on the flame of whatever beef was to come because the beef was literally about the song okay you know in the end that's that's where the beef came from knowing the fact that they want the song basically you know what i mean mm -hmm. so um what what was that period of time like when they were actually beefing after everything that went down what was what now what, so what was that period of time like after they started beefing, like at the height of the beef? Well, it was re it was still cool for us, you know, even after that show. You know, they were still, we were going to roll, do shows. That was, like I said, that just sparked up a flame of, of for a beef to come. That wasn't the actual, that wasn't actually what, you know, was the beef part. So everything was real cool. We were doing shows, man. We were going to... Everywhere, season them going everywhere, but what sparked it up when they started getting to a point to where that song really started going big, and Jeezy felt like he blew that song up. You Who do you I mean? think blew it up? Who do I think blew it up? Honestly, BMF helped blow it up to a point to where Jeezy Gucci came up with a hot song, put some hot artists on it. BMF was the one who came in and bought the bottles and you know what I'm saying, and made it look real good. Somebody tried to jump, jump Gucci one time. That how much BMF fucked with Gucci. G, uh, Gucci was in Jazzy T's and he walked up on stage and he got the mic, a lot of people don't know this. He walked up on stage and he was rapping. Somebody wanted to hate. And the one to get out, take the mic from him. You know what I mean? I don't know who it was. I don't know what happened. I wasn't even there. I got the word. And then What's up, everyone? It's Boss Britt. And it's DJ Excel. If you're a fan of the queer culture and lifestyle, then be sure to check out and subscribe to the No Homo Show. We're a show that shares true stories that are uncut, funny, relatable, and of course, gay from a lesbian's perspective. That's right. Brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network. Once I heard it, and I heard it, and I heard it again, I said, oh, well, that was for real. So they tried to take the mic from him. One of the BMF folk said, Gooch, Gooch, Gooch. No, I got you. Walked him out the door. Told him, chill out. Went back in there and told the whole club up. Said buddy was unconscious, sent him to the hospital and everything. You know what I mean? So they rocked with that man. But they rocked with Jesus too. At the same time, I think, you know, you know, Michigan don't want to see everybody win. You know what I mean? There wasn't no situation where they want to see Jesus win, they want to see Gucci win. They want to see everybody win. And there wasn't no situation to where it was whoever song it was. That said was hot. Play this. <laughs> throw some ball to throw, you know what I'm saying? So I think it went all the way around, man, with everybody. Everybody contributed, you know what I mean, to the situation. But in the end, it all boils down to Whose it is in the first place, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know. So what did you think of when they performed the song together on the verses, man? Did you ever think you would see that day? Nope. Somebody died over that situation, man. And Gucci felt, and even watching it, even watching it, man, and sitting back, I know Gucci still felt the disrespect. That's why he performed this song. You know what I mean? He he still felt the disrespect, but it was a situation to where 
And she, you gonna ask me to do it? So cool. But I'm doing the disc record. As long as I can do my disc record. And it was wasn't a disrespect to to Puka who died. It was a disrespect to Jesus. Like you know what I mean? I do this, but it is what it is. You sent somebody in on me, bro. You sent five. You know what I mean? That type of situation. So that's what I looked at. Like I said, I never thought I'd see it, but I'm glad it did happen because that showed two grown men. It don't matter what the situation is. Two grown men can come together and shake hands on whatever. In the end, they still shook hands and and they performed that song together. Yeah, real shit. All right, and um, you were with Walker from the beginning, right? Yes, when he sir. started rapping, you yes, did the first tape. Yes, sir, man. So talk to us about that. What did you think when you heard Walker Flocker rapping for the first man, time? Man, Walker came to me one day. I walked in out his mama's office. He said, hey, bro, I'm finna start rapping. King Gucci was locked up. I was like, okay. He said, no, I'm for real. I'm finna start rapping. I want you to do a mixtape tape for me. We did what I called Trapaholic. You know, you ever heard of Trapaholic? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I heard of him. So he was like, man, I want you to do a mixtape tape with me and Trapaholic. Went around and a couple couple weeks later he came with the music. I still didn't believe him. <laughs> Straight up, I still didn't believe him. What was Walker's reputation before then? What, what did he you just know him street as? street? You know what I mean? Street cat, J A fighting, going everywhere, fighting just like you see on the videos. To where we did the tape and it started buzzing, and I'm like, wow, that boy told me he was finna start rapping, and then he had me one day go on the road. I said, "Buddy, I get like two thousand." Because <laughs> you knew it's gonna be going down. He said, "I can't tell." I said, "Why won't buy two thousand? Knew he was gonna get it." Well, he wasn't finna pay me that. You know what I mean? He paid me good though. So he went and got Love De Nero for a while. That was my boy too. Love De Nero got okay. big. Yeah, yeah. So he came, came back, man. He was finna go on tour, and he was like, "Bro, I'm finna go on tour for a while." He was like, "You want to be my tour DJ?" I said, bro, I can't wait to go have fun, man. Let's do it, man. So, you know, took off from there, man. Been everywhere, man. We did like three countries, 46 cities in three months. Mm-hmm. Three different countries, 46 cities in three months. Never late. Shout out to Bud Julia, man. Never late for not one. Taking boats, trains, <laughs> planes. I'm taking weed in my draws from different countries on, on everything I love, jumping out the port. Bro, I had, I was taking weed, walking like, boy, you stupid. I had weed in my draw, man, going from country to country, dog. <laughs> That's wild. Y'all didn't hear that. <laughs> so what were those first shows uh, like with Walker, man? Because his music was so aggressive, oh, man. I'm man. sure it went down at these shows, man. Man, I, I used to always watch rock and roll shows. <laughs> And the rock and roll concerts, and, and I used to always want to do like, man, I did some of my biggest stuff with Walker, man. Jimmy Kimmel, BT, a couple times, 106 and Paul, and like I done did some of my biggest shows with Walker. I done did the, the New York Giants Stadium, the Hot 107, the Hot, you know what I mean, Hot Summer Night Jam. Yeah, man, like yeah, the uh, Summer Jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I don't even know what it was. <laughs> I'm talking, I done did my biggest shows, like a hundred thousand people. Like biggest show over here, man. They wow. I'm crowd surfing. You know what I'm saying? How many DJs you know crowd surf, man? <laughs> Straight from the hood, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I love it though, man. I love it because he wow. It's different with Gucci. Gucci laid back. Mm-hmm. Walker, man. You know Gucci and OJ they laid back. The red he turned up. 
Walker just wild, man. Walker had me hanging off poles, man. I was trying <laughs> to test myself. Like his video was just you can go, you can go Google DJ Ace and Walker, DJ Ace and Gucci, you know, or DJ Ace and Walker, like stuff from overseas. I'm hanging from limbs. I'm hanging from light fixtures. <laughs> I'm climbing up ladders. I'm jumping from them. Then I would still make it down to play the next song. You know what I mean? Shout out to Steve Aoki, man. Steve Aoki, hey man, he had me doing everything. He was like the crowd surfing on the tour. He had us going on a big tour with him, man. Man, I'm talking about, we were gone for like four months. And I'm watching this guy throw cakes and crowd surfing. I'm like, that's fun. That's DJing. I want to do that. So I had to turn myself up, man. I had to <laughs> compete, man. <laughs> yeah, man. What was it like working with Slim Duncan too? Because I know you did the the Twin Towers. Oh tag. man, that was major, man. Rest in peace, Slim, man. You know I was there when he got killed. Oh really? Me, me and my youngest daughter, man. Like through the whole Brit Squad, man. Like I done been through. That's why I'm writing a book about it, man. I've been through everything with them boys from beginning to end, and it's still going. But it was lovely, man. Slim was real humble. He was hard in the street but real soft-hearted, real giving, you know what I'm saying? But didn't play no games. He didn't play no games, man, you know what I mean? To a point to where that situation, I don't want to speak too much on it, but it was just stupid because, you know, it was, people think it, it was just something happened then. That, that, that was a beef that had on, ongoing. Like when they see each other, it was like, you know, F you, F you, but never fighting. And for that to happen over some candy, it was really a personal, you know what I'm saying? But man, Slim, Slim was like one of the hardest. If Slim was here right now, man, I know Slim would be out here making millions, man. Millions. And just seeing the Reds take off, you know what I mean? I felt like, I always felt like that was part of Slim's doing, man. You know what I mean? Like. The Red sat back, sat back, and went from Big Belly Tattoos, man, to Debo, to D-Dash, and you know what I mean? Just kept trying to reinvent himself. He never gave up, and Slim would never give up. Slim went hard. I don't care who, where he was at. Slim was going to make sure you heard his music. He was going to make sure he was seen, you know what I'm saying? He was going to make sure he was heard out of respect. Like, you're going to respect the fact that we ain't on yet. That was Slim. But he was a soft heart, man. Real soft heart. I remember June caught, me and June got into it, shot my boy June. He didn't know how close me, uh, me and Slim was. Cause Slim would just call me out the blue. Bro, what you doing? So I did a mixtape. I did a couple, after I did that one, I had did just some little, some little mixtape, street mixtape. June was like, bro, Slim ain't never called you for no mixtape. Slim ain't never called you. He 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 rock with you like, boy, you don't get out my face, boy. That's my dog, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I love that boy, though, man. Yeah. Um, Gucci and Walker, when they were beefing, did you have to like choose a side during this time, or what'd you think of that whole situation? I don't know if choose a side, man. Like, I've been knowing, I've been knowing Gucci since elementary school, since I popped off. Gucci brought me in the game. Walker took open my eyes to a lot around the world, and I felt like it was two grown men that had to see had to see eye to eye one day. Like you know, everybody wanted to be number one, and you know, everybody everybody wanted to be the boss. 
Everybody want to be their own. Just like me now, you know. Thanks to both of them, all of them. You know, I got my own company rolling, man. My daughter DJing, you know what I mean? So everybody want to have their own. So I just feel like there was a situation, man, to where it just, it's just hard to have two, two number ones. Hard to have two Mayweathers. You know what I mean? Hard to have two Ali's. You know what I mean? You can keep your company rolling, but somebody got to branch off and keep it going that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in the end, Walker ain't no kid no more. Walker started off carrying that guy's bags, man. Literally. Walker started off watching, but Walker came from money. Bimmy, you know what I mean? Shot to Bimmy, up there, you know what I mean? From New York, big time in the street. Like, Walker came from millions, and I can vouch for that. You know what I mean? But played me good on the road. It just is a situation to well, just like me. I wanted more and bigger too. You know what I mean? But two grown ass men, man, two grown beat men. I'm glad to see they shook hands though. I knew that yeah. was gonna happen though. Cause there wasn't no real beef. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There wasn't no real beef. Slim Duncan was a big part of that too. Cause Slim Duncan died when Gucci was there. But Gucci was outside shooting the video. That's what people don't know. Gucci don't know what happened. I'm on the inside. Gucci was on the outside shooting the video. I didn't even know Gucci was supposed to be shooting the video, though. I was just going to take my daughter over there to just go holler Gucci. Hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't find out he was shooting the video until I seen the news. I seen, you know, Gucci got the cars over there, but that's my partner. I'm just showing up. You know what I mean? And then everybody there was just our regular people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm glad, though, man. Yeah, it was well needed to see them come back together. Yeah, man. Because you know, with with but there, you know, with all the the people that's getting killed today in the beef, like sometimes it makes them look back on. It makes some people look back on it, man, and hopefully squash the beef. King Von, mm-hmm. Mo Three, you know what I mean? Like it keep, you know, it, it's gonna keep going. It started back when Big and them, you know. I mean, it started before them, though. You know, it just. Feel like it's never gonna stop, but situation like that, the Jeezy and Gucci, like I say, it tells it, it actually shows people, man, that situations can get better. Yeah. All right, Ace, you mentioned a book on the way. You got a documentary on the way you're working on too? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm working on this, man. I'm trying to get this documentary off the ground, I'm trying to get a whole book off the ground, man. Like I say, I've been in the game a long time, man. And I've been with different artists. I've been with T.I. from when he came out with I'm Serious. Um, Pastor Troy, Gucci, Walker, OJ the Juice, Yin Yang Twins, like you name, man, I done booked some of, some of the biggest, Juvenile, I done booked some of the biggest artists out here, you know what I mean? All the way back to where my, where my brother was doing shows back when I, my first show was in Miami Hurricane Stadium. I was oh, like really? 12 years old, man, when Whoop Dead Is was out. Okay. <laughs> Tag team had it, 95 South and Kids are Rockin', they had eight-time players, eight-time players had Whoop Dead Is. <laughs> And one of the dancers couldn't go with my brother. So I had to go crank it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm 12 years old, man, out here, man. So I got a whole documentary to talk about, man. I'm talking about it go from all from away from when you say how you start DJing in school, man, to where, you know, I watched it then to where now. And I'm watching people make millions off of it, you know what I mean, now. To my mistakes from what I didn't do then to what I know now. Yeah. But I want 
my right publishing and everything to be right. If I'm gonna do it, I wanna do it right. I've been turning down interviews. This like my first interview I've ever done, besides one more I did like about a, about a month ago, man. But I don't do no interview just because of the book. Yeah, save it for the book, yeah. Save it for the book, man. <laughs> That's what's up. All right, Ace, any shout outs before we wrap it up, man? Yeah, man, shout out to that boy, man. Easy with that, uh, you and my business don't do that. That boy Sean K, shout out to that boy Ziggy, man. MFK Ziggy, shout out to that boy Big Hurt. Shout out to that boy Rico Soul, man. Rest in peace to everybody dead and gone, man. And free everybody locked up. The real DJ Ace, man, and I'm out of here. You dead worldwide, though. Ace, yeah! Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else. Ask your doctor about Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrelvy.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AbV. All right, what's going on? It's your girl, Lala Shepard. Boss Britt, the most lit. What's up? It's your girl, DJ Excel, and you are tuned into the Progress Report podcast. Okay, and if you're a fan of hip-hop news and culture, make sure y'all like and subscribe to our podcast, The Progress Report. Brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators.